You can select five pickums to 100x your payout on Underdog. And the best part is they have pickum insurance. So if you get four out of five, you still make money. Get pickum now with promo code UNDERWORLD. sound on waiver wired god what an unlock what an incredible idea to play the song in your headphones that you actually want to do i I can't believe for so years sounding out air guitar like an injured cat right like a, a dying cat having no reference point just my memory of a song and you can play the song in your headphone. You can actually sound. It actually go go at least according to the the, the bars of the song, according to the uh, you know the the cadence. It still sounds terrible. It's no good, right? But at least you get at least you get that right. At least you could. At least you maybe could anyone in the chat recognize that song? I mean, really? Could, does anyone know what song that was? It's, it's, it's impossible, right? You couldn't. You, you, there's no way you could have known. You just no way. There's just no way. Just, if anyone in the chat can guess, there's no chance. There's no, there's not a chance. I mean, in the, in the, in the podcast, I will go out. We are going to go out with the actual song. Like last week, it was uh, Jump by Van Halen. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, armbands for sure. For sure, armbands on waiver wired. I had a I had a training session. I had a, a session with a trainer yesterday, mostly, mostly about you know posture, and, and just get getting a you know a sense of my vitals, my my body fat percentage. My body fat percentage is under twenty five percent. I'm just gonna say that. I'm not gonna say what the number is, because I'm not I'm not proud. Uh, it, no, it wasn't a fish song. Okay, you'll. You'll find out in the in the in the uh, in the outro of the podcast. I'll play it. I'll play the actual song that it was. Uh, but there's no way. There's there's no way. How could you possibly know? It would be impossible. It would be impossible. You know, just that maybe that one part. Maybe that that's that's a it's a pretty it's a very well known guitar solo. Let's just put it that way. Very well known guitar solo. That's really it is a it is it's it's an injured dying cat. It really is. It sounds terrible. Like if you haven't been indoctrinated into this show, and like how this is, it's funny that you would start a show by you know sounding out an air guitar, which doesn't even make any sense. No, you play this for anybody who's not familiar, and they're just like, this is awful. This is terrible. Absolute terrible. There's absolutely no way you could. No, it's not Steve Vai. That's a nice, that's a nice, Freebird. No, no nice. I, listen, keep guessing. One of my favorite bands. I can't believe we're doing this. We're not doing this. We're not. This is bad. This is bad radio. This is bad stream. This is bad everything. We're not doing this. We're not. We're not. The hint is it was uh, Mike McCready is the guitarist. That's the that's the. Uh... Ta-da! No, absolutely not. We're not. We're not playing guess me screaming into a microphone sounds that I think a guitar might make with my voice. It's terrible. It's the worst radio. Again, anyone that listens is like, if they're like, they don't understand. Like people, what is this? Why? Why? How? How How is this popular? It's like, no, there's hundreds of people listening live on the street. No way. Absolutely, completely, and utterly 
confused, first of all, but, but, but almost beside themselves in shock that anyone would actually find this entertaining. But it's like it slowly happened. It was like a little bit. We did a little like a, just a little air guitar at the very beginning years ago, two years ago, started to do the show. And then slowly but surely we've come to, okay, now we're going to actually put headphones on and we're going to do it for like 15 to 20 seconds and alienate many, many people. But the people that do actually find it entertaining, well, they're going to stick around. That's been really the, the uh, I don't want to call it, I'm not going to call it a strategy. It's certainly not a strategy. It's just been the journey that this entire channel has been on for many, many, many years, which is alienate the audience to a point, and then those that stick around will be loyal and uh, very much enjoy what you're doing, and then others will just wander off and shuffle away, and that's fine. That's fine. Yes, Pearl Jam. Even flow. Close. One more song on the dial, and you got it. It's because I'm bad. It's be Listen, I'm sure... I'm sure there's people that are really good at using their vocal cords and their voice in a in a more of an artistic way, right? <laughs> Where they would be able to do it great. I'm sure this could be, if I were good at it, this could be like a TikTok channel. This could be someone who does this thing on TikTok. That it's a thing. If someone, if you were good at it, right? Soundgarden better than Pearl Jam in the chat, maybe. Maybe it just depends. It just Pearl Jam more prolific. The pro okay, okay. We're gonna do this for a second, just a second. There's a waiver wired show. There's 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 players to add and drop in fantasy football. Isn't that this is the title of the show? Come on, man. Come on. And yes, absolutely. Thank you, everybody. That's yeah. Some people in the chat claim they knew it was Pearl Jam even without the Mike McCready hint. I don't know if I believe you, right? But uh, yeah, but. It, Many people absolutely indignant that this show gets any plays whatsoever because how? Because this is what the, if you were to take a class right, uh, on how to podcast in college, the last thing they would tell you to do is alienate the audience in the first 15 seconds. It's literally the last thing you would do. What I tell our hosts is you need to hook the audience in the first 15 seconds. I tell I, I just had this conversation with Jack Cavanaugh. I said, you need to pay special attention to your first 30 seconds and your last 30 seconds. That's what I try to do in most shows is to come in strong with a declarative statement that hooks the audience and then to go out with either some uh, you know, crescendo or at least maybe, maybe just some, something that's just comically deflating. That's also a way to go out. That's for like, that's advanced level. Like that's an advanced level. Try to go out with a crescendo, and then later on, as you advance in the levels, you can go out with something totally deflating, but comically bad deflating to go out. That's also funny. But pay very close attention to the first 30 seconds and the last 30 seconds of the shows. If you want to do a show, that's what I would do. That's when you hook the audience, then you can keep them going till the very end, and then they can feel good about the show at the very end. That's why the last 30 seconds matter, and then they want to, they want to play the next one, right? Almost like a cliffhanger in a, in a series where you, you want to end up binging the show because then they rate into the next episode, right? We don't really do cliffhangers. You can't really do cliffhangers when you're doing a fantasy football podcast, but you can at least go out on a high note, right? That's At least you could do that. So that's what I recommend doing. And then so I take my own advice. I crumple it up and I throw it away. And I say, you know what we're going to do instead? I'm going to try to sound out what a guitar sounds like with my voice, and it's going to be awful. And anyone that hears it for the first time, like their face goes like this in utter disbelief that anyone would listen. So that's first of all. And then a, a friend of mine said, what you have to do, because we're, we're right near Fairfield University and Sacred Heart University. I'm, I'm right there, right? You should be an adjunct professor. Do you realize how many kids would sign up for a class on podcasting and sports media? Imagine if you, imagine if you were in, like all of us, this is 100%, this is content that we can all agree on, right? Is that if you were looking at a course catalog, right? You had a course catalog in front of you and podcasting and sports media was available, you would take that, right? They're like, that, 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 that class would be a hit. 
Like you would be, you know, wall to wall, right? The kids would actually go to the class. They wouldn't even join via Zoom. They would actually go. And I said, uh, yeah, I could teach that class. I could absolutely teach that class because I, I know what to do. I know what not to do. I've done it all, right? In fact, I still do things not to do. So we could do that. We could show it in a class and we could get feedback from the class and be like, hey, guys and girls and everybody. I wouldn't even say guys and girls. I wouldn't even do. I don't, I don't know. Higher ed, it seems very dangerous for talking, but in addressing people. So I would just say people all the time. So, hey, people, you know, what do we think of this? And I would, I would put the, 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 the waiver wired introduction and just, you know, get, get feedback. Get feedback from the class. Hey, you know, in, in what world would this ever work, right? And could this ever work, right? And I, I wouldn't even say that it's an existing successful show, which this is. It, by some metrics, our most successful show on the network. What? Right? <laughs> what? By some metrics. And you could put that in front of them and say, uh, so, uh, yeah, this is an experimental show. Do you think this would work? Right. And then you get you get the votes and then and then you had the big reveal. Actually, this is crazy. Right. I guess ASMR. Who would have thought ASMR would be a thing? Right. So it's just maybe maybe just in general, our reflex response is to underrate weird noises we can make. Maybe that's maybe that's something. Maybe that's a, maybe we just in general as people underrate weird noises we can make. Right. I think so. But I think adjunct professor Hogfather, Right. I think that would be funny. Right. I think. It, but I th it's crazy. But I think from what I've heard, it's a thing you can do. Like you don't need big time credentials, maybe a, a bachelor's degree, which I have that, that, that they would absolutely be down for this, that you have people with certain expertise that students want to hear from. And that you could, it's not even that hard to become an adjunct professor. And uh, I would do it just for the ego of it, just for the ego of it, just to, just to say, uh, Professor Kelly, Professor Hogfather, right? Professor Hogfather, that sounds like a Harry Potter character again. Why do we always go down to Harry Potter? I just finished. I, so if you're wondering how and why I always go to these Harry Potter references, like, uh, you know, Traylon Burks can't break out as long as uh, Drake London is performing well. One has to die so the other can live. We, we just had this, right, with Travis Etienne and Brees Hall. You know, one had to die so the other could live. It, it was crazy. Like, the alignment of their careers is actually scary. If you overlay one career on top of the other, you could essentially graft Travis Etienne's career onto the a Brees Hall career arc, and it's just it, it's a perfect line, like a perfect curve up, right? It's right at the moment Brees Hall tore his ACL, in comes Travis Etienne, similar player, similar skill set, long touchdown run, off we go, right? But one couldn't break out while the other was breaking out, right? One must die so the other can live. The only reason why I keep bringing these up, so we end up reverse engineering these analogies. You notice this in your life, right? You reverse engineer these analogies. It wasn't like that was the perfect analogy. It just so happens that I finished reading the seventh book to my daughter. So it's crazy. It took us five years. It's embarrassing. Okay, it's embarrassing. This is embarrassing. It took us five years, five years to read all seven Harry Potters. And I was I was like, listen, I'm going to read them out loud. So it, we started at a time when my daughter uh, couldn't read at the sophistication that was necessary for Harry Potter. And then very quickly, after like maybe the, the second book, she, was, she could read it. She could read it all. She was great, right? But she said, no, no, no. I'll read every other book out loud. You have to keep reading Harry Potter. There was something about her getting acclimated to hearing my voice reading Harry Potter. Like that's what she wanted. She didn't want to read that. So I was like, okay, I'll read it. Fuck it. I'll read the, I'll read all the books. I'll read all seven books. And she's like, you're not going to read all seven books. I was like, I'm doing it. You say I can't, you, you know, they said I wouldn't stick with waiver wire this long hosting this show. 
right? I was able to. How long was I able to hang around doing uh, Starter Stream? What was that? Like uh, a year? Did I do that for a year? Oh, we never went. We never went live on TikTok behind the scenes. Oh man, I didn't go. Oh, uh, we we usually we have to do uh, behind the scenes on TikTok. I forgot. I was in a hurry because uh, something else happened. Let's prepare this TikTok here. All right, so we've got the we got the we can do we can go live on TikTok. But uh, so well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you why I was late to the show in a moment. But my daughter and I finally finished it. We years passed way after she had like been like this is getting a little tedious. You reading this book like two pages at a time before I go to bed, like. You know, can we get this over with? Can we wrap this up, Dad? Um, you know, I'm 11. Right? It's, it's my my friends finished this book like years ago. What can we just let's go? So finally, I was like the second half of the seventh book. I finally decided to really like kick it into high gear and get this thing over with. But I did it. I, I think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good uh, accomplishment. I'm gonna give myself a round of applause. It's, it's a lot of pages, man. Think about it. Like, what, what's the average length? Five, six hundred pages times seven. We're talking about uh, what? Four thousand pages. That's not that easy to do. I mean, has anyone in the chat ever done that? Has anyone in the chat ever read all seven Harry Potters out loud? Right. If you've done it, congratulations. I've, I did it. I still can't believe I did it. So the reason I was late for the show, I think 15 minutes late, I want to be five minutes late just to get let people get settled into their seats like a concert. But 15 minutes, that's a little it's a little later than I want to be. That's a little unprofessional, bordering on unprofessional. I opened the refrigerator. I was getting some water before the show and I opened the refrigerator and a full container of blueberries fell out of the refrigerator onto the floor. And I knew, I was like, oh, wow, I'm late for the waiver wired show. And then a bounce house of <laughs> blueberries ended up on my, and I was one by one, every blueberry. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I was in such a hurry? I mean, I could have been. I, was, I thought about it. I just want to tell you all, I thought about it, and I want to get your feedback. I'm late for a streaming show. Hundreds of people are live in the waiting room, and I'm officially an unprofessional podcaster at this point container of blueberries floods the floor my wife is down the hall she also is working from home i considered just leaving the blueberries on the floor i considered it for a moment i could and just sending her a text on my way back saying hey i'll i'll, I'll pick them up later i'm in, you know I got, i'm late for a show i thought about it for like a second and then the the it just i can't do it like i it would it would have it would have been funny like it would have been a great story, uh, and uh, I would have found it funny, and she would not have found it funny, and I would have been in big trouble. I would have been in really big trouble had I done that. But still, the thing is, like I've done some things like that, and I'll remind her later. I'm like, hey, that's the fifth time you've used that story to humiliate me and make our friends laugh. And you know, at some point, like it was worth it. Like, it was worth the inconvenience. It was worth the mess I made so that you could tell the story over and over again and everyone's roaring with laughter. And you could make me look like an idiot. Like, at some point, it's worth it. So I was thinking in the back of my head, well, it would make for a good story. And I'm sure it's, uh, at some point, it, the, the story value would offset how angry she was that the whole kitchen floor was flooded with blueberries. And then at the last minute, I just, I thought of her face. I thought of her face when I would come downstairs from the studio. I th and I just couldn't. I was like, that face, I just can't. I can't. Can't do it. So I'm individually, 10 minutes, individually going across my floor, picking up one blueberry at a time. One blueberry at a time. And it really is a, an analogy because that's what you do. You back into analogies. Whatever is going on in your life at that moment, you find an analogy that from what you're about to talk about that fits, then you transition into that. And that really feels like the waiver wire. <laughs> All right? I mean, you're just picking up blueberries off the floor 
and then putting them on your team, you know, one by one. It just feels so tedious. Every week, all these stashes, it feels tedious. It really does. It really does, picking up all these blueberries. I mean, it's just, you know, we do it. We just do it. We do it because we love it. We love to have the guy already stashed when the league mate goes to type in that player's name in the player pool and they see he's already on your team. You don't even know how many times that's happened. It may have happened zero times. It may have happened three times in a day and you have no idea. Unless someone tells you, that's even better. If they actually tell you, hey, I went to pick up a player and you already had him, damn it. Right? You you imagine, right? You that that story plays out in your head whether that actually happens. Yeah. Oh, and uh and by the way in the chat, yes, que- yes, very good question. I put him back in the fridge. Just duh. Yes. I tried one. Like I thought, well, if they fall out of the fridge, I mean, they might get bruised and, and they might get too mealy. They might lose their firmness. So I better try one off the floor, make sure it's still firm enough, right? So I put it in my mouth and then I tested it with my lips and I thought, yeah, that's still that's still firm enough in my mouth. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll put them back in there, right? Maybe there's a piece of dust or something. Who cares? Who cares? Get over yourself. I'm not going to throw out perfectly good blueberries, I'm going to put the, yes, they all went back in the fridge. Yes, of course. Of course. Who That you would even ask. That you would even ask. Come on. Of course they go. It's wasteful. And by the, just so you know, if I decided that they, they, they weren't going back in the fridge, they would go in the compost. They would go in the compost. Yes, we're, com, we're a compost family. It's not going in the trash. Okay, it's not going in the trash. And my daughter bought a, uh, a, an automatic composter, which uses a lot of electricity. And I said, hey, listen, um, I get what you're trying to do here, but you're really offsetting uh, any benefit with all this electricity that your indoor composter is using. Because basically it takes like six hours to cook the co- and make it into soil. It's cool. Like it's a cool magic trick. You put whatever you want in there, right? It's just like the, the flux capacitor on Back to the Future 3. No, Back to the Future 2. Either Back to the Future 2 or 3. The new flux capacitor where you can just put banana peels in there. It's like that, right? So you can just put whatever you want in there. Put the banana peels, put the blueberries in there. And then six hours later, it's soil. It's pretty cool, right? It's, it's kind of amazing. But it takes a lot of electricity to do that. And it's like, uh, I don't think this is... I think this is missing a piece of uh, critical information here in terms of the, the cost-benefit analysis. But hey, everybody do what you want, right? Everybody, I just enjoy it, right? I enjoy new appliances that come into the house. I'm not out here shopping for new appliances. I'm not in a position to be too critical, right? I'm not, I just enjoy the blueberries, okay? I'm not complaining that I wanted strawberries. I'm not out here shopping for produce very often. So I'm just enjoying whatever comes out. I used to do that. And that was another mistake. That was where you get the face, you guys, another way you get the face. I'm like, hey, I thought, I thought I mentioned, I thought I mentioned I prefer strawberries. And the face, you know, the, and then after that, I was, no, I'm happy to be here. That is my life. In a, that's going to be in my tombstone. That's it. We figured it out. I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be doing a show where people actually listen to someone sounding out a guitar, not even an air guitar. And I'm happy to have blueberries with my yogurt, and I'm just here for whatever is fine, and as long as I don't have to do too much work, right? Where I do work is on the waiver wire. No level of tedium, no number of hours, right? I was in line to get my flu shot. Uh, That was another thing I don't ask questions. We are getting a flu shot, okay? I really, eh. You You just do it, right? You just go. Right. So I'm, I'm like, can I bring my laptop? But that's my, always my question. Can I bring my laptop? Yes. I got to do a show sheet. Ian Harditz is on the Mind of Mansion show. You know, can I, can I get my, uh, my, my waiver claims in? Can I get some work done? Fine. Right. So I'm in this waiting room and um, I'm, I'm, I'm grinding the waiver wire. And the cool thing is, you know, on Sleeper, 
we've moved all of our dynasty leagues to sleeper, and at this point, it's very difficult. I've made, I think I've mentioned that I left Chris Olave in a lineup right when he was uh, inactive a couple weeks ago. Very shameful, right? Very shameful. Very shameful. But now Sleeper has best ball. So this is very cool with Sleeper. By the way, promo code Underworld. You want to play their over-under games. Start now, right? Some of your leagues are uh, you're, you're not exactly a competitor. Maybe you're, maybe you're in denial. You think you're a competitor. You're really not. You might want to start doing some of these over-under games on Sleeper because you can do the over-under games, hit the dollar sign right from your lineup, boom. You can take any player you like this week and, 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 and go over on their yardage total, for example. That's the, that's the typical one. But they, they've, they started to add fantasy points as well. So Sleeper, they're always adding stuff. It's super cool. And then in the offseason, the, 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 the thing that convinced me, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, the thing that convinced me to move all our patron leagues, patreon.com forward slash podfather, you can challenge me to a dynasty league. The thing that convinced me to move to Sleeper was they, they, they rolled out support of best ball leagues. So now for, for like five of our leagues, I don't have to set a lineup. It's amazing. It's really, oh my God, like manna from the heavens. So incredible. So thank you to Sleeper, promo code Underworld. It's the best place to play fantasy football, and they have over-unders. It's just, you know, the best of all worlds on Sleeper, promo code Underworld, best ball leagues, best ball leagues. However, and this is important, you can choose whether or not you allow for weekly fab bidding. And another critical component was how customizable these Sleeper leagues are. And I said, yes, yes, yes. We are not going to the draft master version of best ball. That's taking it too far. We're still making our pickups. We have a, a waiver run on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. and Saturdays at 6 p.m. That's when we run our waivers. Have I never mentioned that on this show? That that's when I believe waivers should run? Wednesdays and Saturdays at 6 p.m.? That's it. Those two times. That Having just those two waiver windows, fab windows, is all you need. That's all you need to do. So I'm in this waiting room just grinding these waiver wide, but 25 to 30 players deep. There's one player consistently available, consistently available from team to team to team to team, and that is Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond. And so we're going to start with the most fringe option on the waiver wire that I actually like. So some of you are in these super deep leagues. Some of you, many of you are in these, we have so many patron leagues, many of you are in these patron leagues, and I'm, I'm kind of giving away my, my big priority, but Khalif Raymond runs a 4-3-9. I talked about him on the Roto-Grinders show. He led Detroit in receiving yards last week. Amon Ross St. Brown is not right. And once you suffer that high ankle sprain, and then you try to force your way back onto the field before it's 100%, you inevitably will pick up additional injuries. This is the Miles Sanders corollary. Miles Sanders kept trying to push through these ankle injuries, and he kept getting additional new ankle injuries to the other ankle or to a knee or to a hip. This is always what happens. You're compensating for an injured body part, and you're putting other totally unrelated body parts at risk because you're trying to protect the ankle or trying to protect the shoulder. It opens you up. To have other injuries. And that's why you then feel like Miles Sanders, like a magnet for injuries. And I think that this is what is going to happen because it's already happening to Amon Ross St. Brown will continue to happen to Amon Ross St. Brown. He's just too damn competitive. He wants to get back in the game. He doesn't want to say, I'm going on injured reserve. DJ Chark's like, hey guys, I, I got to get back for the second half. I got a, a, a new contract I'm trying to play for I need to be 100% for at least a two months of the season at least so let me just go on on IR now and get completely 100% and that's what the front office wants too they want to lose games so they're like please by all means sit out games Chark get right Swift get right you know that's what they're, they're they're saying DeAndre Swift didn't play because he's a lion had DeAndre Swift been on a contending team with one of these franchises that coerces players into playing like the Patriots, convincing Damian Harris to come back after just one game missed with a hamstring injury, 
he'd have been, been playing. He would have been out there, right? But Swift's like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm not feeling 100%. And, and the Lions are like, oh, well, in that case, by all means, please, take the, take the week off. We're trying to lose games, right? C.J. Stroud is in our sights, okay? Bryce Young is in our sights. We are currently in line for the number one overall pick. Don't ruin this, DeAndre. But that's not going to affect Amon Ross St. Brown. He is he's Wolverine. There's just no way. He's going he's gonna to keep coming back. It's not going to matter whether he's 100% or 80%. He wants to play. You love that about him, but that's also why he's more likely to suffer a lost season this year, and then we're going to be all in on him next year. Just everyone, everyone put a pin in this, right? Put a pin in it. Put it in a time capsule in the yard. Remember, we're drafting all the motherfucking Amon Ross St. Brown there is to draft in 2023. Okay, just everyone remember because this is how he's wired. You want that that D A W G factor at maximum capacity, right? He's got maximum dog factor, but that's also why I like Khalif Raymond because he's in an up tempo offense. They're going to be down in garbage time, and he can get open deep. I mean, in deep leagues, deep best ball league, hell yeah, you want Khalif Raymond. So I was like, I just remember. In the waiting room going, oh, maybe I should bid uh, uh, 10%. And I was like, no, oh, 15. Next thing I know, I'm at 20. Like, I was just like, I need this guy. I need Khalif Rabin because it's like a Mac Hollins comes available. and Everyone's like, oh, that's how deep the league is. All these leagues are that deep. So I want Khalif Raymond. That's how we're going to kick off. the. No, we're not going to kick it off with Chuba Hubbard and Latavius Murray and Gus Edwards, Wandale Robinson. Donovan Peoples-Jones, all these guys we love. No, no, no. Let's, let's, we'll start with Khalif Raymond talk. But it is true, Gus Edwards is still available in more than 50% of leagues. However, I'm not out here bidding 50% budget on Gus Edwards. I'm not. I'm not chasing those touchdowns because Ravens running backs don't score a lot of touchdowns. Ravens running backs don't ever catch passes. So the path for Gus Edwards to be a weekly fantasy contributor is actually more narrow than you would think looking at, oh, guy comes roaring back with two touchdowns off injured reserve. No J.K. Dobbins. This looks too easy. Well, if it looks too easy, right, probably is. And it's too good to be true. Just might be. Just might be too good to be true. So I think that Gus Edwards is one of those too good to be true waiver wire ads where if you go and spend all your budget on him, you're just not going to be happy. In, in two or three weeks, you're going to look back and be like, eh, I guess I could have, it's fine, but I could have, it would have been nice to have someone a little better. Uh, mm, uh, eh, uh, uh. Not loving it. Kenyon Drake's going to be vulturing carries, and Lamar Jackson's going to be vulturing touchdowns. So he's he's going to be rotational back, and, and he's going to have these heartbreaking games where he just gets you yards no touchdowns, six fantasy points, and you're like, Ugh. but he is the starter. He's one of these players where you, you play him every week because he's the starter on what is ostensibly a top 10 offense, and then you realize this guy's not actually scoring a lot of fantasy points for me. I think that's the fear with a Gus Edwards where the opposite is true with Chuba Hubbard. With Chuba Hubbard, it's, it's not like so clear that he's – the primary back. It's not so clear that he's on a top offense. It's anything but. It's very muddled. And it's not a good offense, right? So it's like, why would you get excited about Chuba Hubbard? Well, I get excited about Chuba Hubbard because he was named the starter, first of all. He was a prolific, I mean, a 2,000-yard runner at Oklahoma State. He's been used in the passing game, unlike Dante Foreman. And had he not suffered that ankle injury, which is a low ankle injury, which I be I do believe there's no reason for them to lie on this, right? This is a team that is in full embrace of tank mode. So why would they lie about Chuba Hubbard's ankle? I just don't I don't see it, right? It's not like Pete Carroll lying about DK Metcalf's knee, right? It's not the same thing. So I, I just don't see why they would lie about that. I think he's going to play this week. And if they named him the starter last week, he's going to be the starter again this week. And had he been healthy, it would have been him that went well over 100 yards you know, in, on both the ground and in the air. It wouldn't have been 
Dante Foreman, and we would have been having a completely different conversation. He would have been the clear top pickup on the waiver wire, not Gus Edwards. But I'm seeing so many rank Gus Edwards in shallow leagues as the player to get. And I'm like, no, it's definitely Chuba Hubbard, and I want Hubbard over Foreman. Hubbard was named the starter. Okay? That is what you need to know. The team went out of their way to name him the starter, and it makes perfect sense. He is a young player that could establish himself as the primary back in 2023. They want to get a, a good look at him and give him every opportunity to earn that role, where Dante Foreman is just a journeyman. And at this point in the, the franchise's decimation, there's really no point in even having Dante Foreman on the team. Why wouldn't they trade him as well? That's why Raheem Blackshear, Raheem Blackshear is the top trending player on playerprofiler.com. I love just going to the Player Profiler homepage and seeing who's trending. It's just interesting because we have so many deep leaguers, so many hardcore fantasy gamers that use playerprofiler.com, and I'm just interested to see what depth charts they're exploring. They're clearly plumbing the Panthers depth chart post-Christian McCaffrey, which makes sense. And it looks like P.J. Walker under center gives this team the best chance to win. They can at least matriculate the ball down the field. They did it against the Buccaneers. So there's hope this is going to be a, a more competent offense than, say, Denver in Carolina. This all points to Chuba Hubbard being prioritized over a Gus Edwards, which is a contrarian position to take. But, you know, if there is a young all-purpose back with juice and there is a a one-dimensional between-the-tackles grinder coming off a major knee injury or is post-AJ post Apex, who do you think? Who do you think? I'm going to tout. Spoiler alert, the guy with the juice. And speaking of Denver, Mike Boone headed to injured reserve. That's a bummer. Uh, Latavius Murray looks a little more explosive than Melvin Gordon. I know he wasn't as efficient, and he, he, he but what, negative receiving yards? But I, I still think that he has less mileage and, you know, start from an equivalent sort of explosiveness starting point. So he could also easily be the primary back in Denver for the second half. I think you should still uh, put at least a you know 10 to 15 percent bid on him in shallow leagues. I don't think he's available in deep leagues, but I think he's worth having as a, a bench player. Although in shallow leagues, as long as you have three starters that you can trust, I would rather have a, a stash with more upside. I'd rather have a Zamir White. Anything happens to Josh Jacobs, should he go down with an injury? And, and the probability keeps going up. The more touches he endures this year, the higher the probability that he goes down. Same thing with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. So they have more up. So does Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell, as a, who would be a featured player in this Eagles offense if Miles Sanders were to suffer an injury, I think these are better stashes. But if you're in a shallow league and you do need a player on a bye week or you have uh, a lot of injuries and you just need injury help, well, then you would be more aggressive bidding on Latavius Murray because I think he's at least going to get touches, especially now that Mike Boone is out. Latavius Murray's better in the passing game than Melvin Gordon at this point. He offers a little bit more. They're so similar, these guys. They're so similar. It's just that I think Latavius Murray has a little more fluidity, a little more burst. It's Denver offense. It's just so doomed. It's such. It's so doomed. I don't know. It's, it's strange that I, I think of the Carolina offense, which is in a similar situation, as being much more exciting than this Denver offense. Now, something's happening in Denver. Something's re something really bad is going on. That's beyond just Russell Wilson being a bust. Also, don't forget, Kyron Williams is due to be back soon. Cam Akers being actively shopped, where they're coming out publicly and saying, this guy is on the block. Typically, the coach will say, no, not really. Eh, maybe. Well, you know, we, we believe in him, right? But we're always listening to offers. All our players are always available. But, you know, we like player X. Sean McVay's like, no, no, he's on the block. Oh, no, no, you know, he's, he's available. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we, we're, we're trying to get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then Kyron Williams comes back from, I think it was ankle surgery. You're like, oh, wow, ankle surgery. That's... Sounds pretty serious. Usually ankle surgery is 8 to 10 weeks at least, but apparently he looks good. He's due to be back soon. He could be back as early as, say, next week. Now would be the time to get 
Kyron Williams stashed. But he's not as good in a vacuum. Just so you know, he's not as good as, say, Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram is 220 pounds. He had uh, two catches for 20-plus yards in his first game, getting any meaningful touches. I like Keontae Ingram a lot. Not a lot. Slow down. Hold on. Did I say a lot? I like him. I don't like him a lot. Whoa, ho, right? I think he's interesting. And it's very common to see these day three picks be inactive first few weeks and then slowly get acclimated and then they get they start to win the trust of coaches and then the next thing you know, there's a there's a there's a meaningful role for that player. So th- I see this with Keontae Ingram. Kyron Williams already established trust with the coaches, so I think he's going to step right into that kind of role as soon as he's back. But in terms of the player that has the most sort of all-purpose upside, it's got to be Keontae Ingram. The problem is this Cardinals team is more doomed than the Rams. The Rams are probably going to make the playoffs. The Rams' schedule doesn't get any better, though. It's like the Buccaneers and you look at their schedule. It's like, you can't believe that it's like, Oh, 49ers this week, Buccaneers the next week It's okay. When is, when do you, are they ever going to face a soft front seven? That's, that's really the problem with the Rams. That's, that was the big problem with Cam Akers uh, beyond, you know, his problems away from football and in the locker room or wherever it's pretty ferocious front sevens. And then just, their schedule just is unrelenting. So that's another problem with Kyron Williams, but I still think he's worth stashing because it is the the reigning Super Bowl champions. And then another stash, just because he has the best skill set on the team, is Justice Hill. Yes, yes, Gus Edwards is the primary back there. He's going to be getting the touchdowns for now. But Justice Hill is at least the satellite back there. He's a satellite back for a team that doesn't throw to running backs, so he's pretty worthless, but... In the event that uh, Kenyon Drake suffers an injury or there's some sort of setback with Gus Edwards, I'm, I'm still stashing Justice Hill in deeper leagues. Snoop Connor is suddenly interesting. Snoop Connor's a day three pick. He's a between the tackles grinder, but he's now going to be a rotational back in Jacksonville. He's someone that you have to stash. The reason why he's a better stash over Jermichael Hasty is that Jermichael Hasty is one of these. Swiss Army players, he can play special teams, so he's going to be active. When they have three running backs active, they're always going to have Michael Jermichael Hasty active because he can play special teams. Snoop Connor doesn't play special teams, but then once you trade James Robinson, okay, now Snoop Connor leapfrogs. This happens every time. This, I mean, you can set your watch by this. The guy that looked shifty, right, because he played special teams and he got a chance to get some touches and he looked kind of exciting, scored a touchdown, long run, whatever it is. You're like, oh, that's, that guy's cool, right? That guy's fun. And then there's a trade or there's an injury, and you're like, oh, it's happening. Oh, and it's like, wait, no, 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 no. They're going to they're gonna call up Jordan Howard, right? <laughs> this happens every time, every time. Oh, no, oh, hold on. Oh, slow down. Slow down on Boston Scott. Like, we're gonna, they're going to call up Jordan Howard. He's going to get 15 carries. Oh, damn. Jordan Howard doesn't play special teams. Oh. And finally, all-purpose back on a good offense, who's the clear number two, still widely available, DJ Dallas, very stashable. Now at wide receiver, we just go right back. Go play last week's show. Everything I said about Wandale Robinson, he's still available in more than 50% of leagues. He's the number one. He's commanding lots of targets. He's super dynamic. It's a lost season for Kadarius Toney. Everything we talked about last year or last week. Everything we talked about last week. Who's next, though, right? Who's next in terms of priority on the waiver wire? Who's next? Not enough touting of Donovan Peoples-Jones. I look at the waiver wire pieces. I'm like, okay, who are people touting? What are they saying? Pick up player X, pick up player Y. We had Donovan Peoples-Jones prioritized last week. And now this week, David Njoku is going to miss a month with a high ankle sprain. Okay, And then as soon as he returns... Guess who else is returning? Guess who else? Deshaun Watson, right? So, of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones is set up to benefit from target conservation and then from a massive quarterback upgrade. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a player you want. That's a player you can play, lean into the volatility. You look at his game log week after week, it's like 
86 air yards, 93 air yards, 124 air yards. He's putting up the air yards. He had a couple weeks there, right? A couple weeks where he disappeared, week two and three. But uh, that's the life of a of a auxiliary receiver in a run-first offense. But suddenly he's not so auxiliary with no David Njoku because we know that some weeks the defense just erases Amari Cooper and it's going to be the Donovan Peoples-Jones show. He's going to have 100-yard weeks. He's going to have a multi-touchdown week coming. Just play him. Deeper leagues, play him. Play him in flex. Like FFWC, where you start three receivers and two flex. Oh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. DPJ, baby. All about it. All about it. Second priority for pickups this week. At wide receiver, DPJ. And then Josh Palmer. Like, I love doing this. I love stashing players that are heading into a bye. No one bids big on them because they can't see one week ahead. Mike Williams, just like David Njoku, is week to week. And we know that week to week means month to month. So David Njoku and Mike Williams are about a month away from coming back. Josh Palmer, like, he's not that good. I just want everyone to know that up front. He's not that good. You go to player profiler, and you go to the advanced stats and metrics, and it's like, this is why we have the site. So you can see, okay, he's not that explosive. He's not a, a super athlete. And as it turns out, because he's not a super athlete, he's not putting up great yards per route run or air yards per attempt, anything, right? Yards after the catch, eh, everything outside the top 25. All the metrics, everything related to efficiency. Josh Palmer is not impressive. What he is doing, though, is running a lot of routes. Because Jalen Guyton's been out all year, and he's headed into Week 7 top 10 in routes run. Now, he was out in Week 7 because he was concussed. So he's out Week 7. He gets the bye. He's going to be back from the concussion as a top 7 routes run player pre-concussion. So he's running a ton of routes in the Justin Herbert offense, and now no Mike Williams. And Keenan Allen is also not 100%. He probably will be in a week and a half, but that's still a week and a half away, and there's still no guarantees. You saw DeAndre Carter producing, like, oh, that was that was Josh Palmer. That would have been Josh Palmer plus. So get him now. Get that man now. Again, I'm not seeing a lot of insistence on adding Josh Palmer on the waiver wires. Weird, right? Weird. And yes, I am adding Marquise Goodwin. Yes. Yes. He... Whatever Pete Carroll is saying about DK Metcalf's knee, believe none of it. It's smoke. It is complete smoke. It's so much smoke. In fact, you could say it's smoke and mirrors, but it's mostly smoke and maybe a little mirrors. Right? It's, it's a little bit of smoke or no. Sorry. Wait, what? It's a little bit of mirrors and mostly smoke. Tons of smoke. <laughs> it's that a level of smoke. Right. And just a little mirrors. Right. And it's just so obvious. Metcalf's going to miss multiple weeks. You can write that down. Everybody write that down. If you have access to your phone or a pencil, a pencil, every kids, pencils. There's a funny thing. These pencils. We'll tell, I'll tell you all about pencils some other time, kids. But uh, yeah, there used to be a thing called a pencil. And you would write things down. It was weird. But yeah, on paper, actually paper. That's another weird thing. There's this thing called paper. There were mills all around. Where I'm from, there were there were mills dotting the skyline, producing paper, kids. Paper. It's a thing. There was there's a whole industry. They would cut down trees and they would they would mash it, mash the trees like you would mash a potato, and then they would smooth it out and they would add these chemicals and it would become paper. And then you would write stuff down on it. And then people would deliver actually a bundle of paper with lots and lots of words and pictures to your door every day. And that would, that's how you would get the news, kids. It's crazy. Wild. If, you know, you might see that in a news, like a, I think there's, there's actually a museum. There's something called a museum. It's in uh, Arlington, Virginia. It's a, it's a museum of the news. It, it, the funny thing is, I first went to it before newspapers were a museum piece. And now it's like, wow, that was a really, really prescient museum to create you didn't even know that it was about to become like a relic like oh this is an artifact this this newspaper if you have a pencil write this down dk metcalf missing two plus weeks 
So Marquise Goodwin has he used to have wheels. He's an Olympic sprinter on a prolific offense. I mean, this is one of the most potent offenses in the league. The Geno Smith offense is a revelation. Unbelievable to say that out loud. All the more reason to, to just go pick up Marquise Goodwin, ply him. I'm picking him up and plying him. Yeah, yeah. Metcalf's out. You play Goodwin. Easy. I'd play him over Zay Jones. I don't think I, I wouldn't play him over DPJ. I'm more. I'm, I'm. I'm all in on DPJ. Goodwin, though, interesting. Really interesting pickup. Uh, you know. Oh, I've, I've, I've seen this movie before. Oh, you fool me once. You can't fool me twice. Right. We've seen big. You know. Multi-touchdown games from Marquise Goodwin. It's like every two years, he'll have this one game with like 80 yards and two touchdowns or 110 yards and a touchdown and then disappear like in, in, into, the, into the smoke, right? Just, just fall back into the smoke right? From, from Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's smoke machine. This time, I think we might have multiple weeks of Marquise Goodwin, which would be very cool, be very good to win with Goodwin. Zay Jones, another 10-target game. He's going to have a big week. You can't just keep getting 10 targets and not have a big week. Can you? Marvin Jones is on the trade block. So they're, they're trading James Robinson. I think Marvin Jones is next. Marvin Jones never made any sense on that team. Still doesn't make any sense on that team. They should trade him. I believe they will trade him. And then Zay Jones will open up even more targets. Not that he needs more targets. I would also stash DeAndre Carter for the same reasons I'm stashing Josh Palmer. Just prioritizing Palmer and deeper leagues, Carter and deeper leagues, Paris Campbell. That's the thing, right? When I'm looking at the industry and who they're touting on the waiver wire, I'm seeing Paris Campbell. What? It's like, listen, if you had a crystal ball and you knew that Campbell was going to give you nothing for four weeks and then give you everything for two weeks and you could actually start him and play him. No one played him. They didn't play him two weeks ago. They didn't play him last week. So he is the ultimate sort of best ball receiver in that if you drafted him in best ball, you got the last two weeks. If you drafted him in seasonal leagues, you no one had the courage to play him either week. Now people are actually going to be picking him up and playing him just like they did with Alec Pierce, and they're going to get nothing because he's not the number one, and only the number one can really be productive in the Sam Ellinger offense. He is the the quintessential boom-bust receiver, and so we're going to see some more bust weeks, and people are going to pick him up, overbid on him, and then drop him in two weeks. Isn't this the easiest thing to see ever? I love Paris Campbell. I love him. I love him. But he's now found himself in a truly dreadful situation. So I can love players and hate their situations. I'm allowed to do that. Terrace Marshall is interesting. Terrace Marshall's athletic. You know I like Terrace Marshall. And DJ Moore could still be traded. Very possible. He's agitating for a trade, and uh, I wouldn't trade him. I think he's a building block player. They've said he's a building block player, but that doesn't mean a team can't swoop in and say, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick for him, and then they go, yes, they would definitely push the button on that. Because I don't think Carolina knows exactly what they have in DJ Moore. We do, though. Like, Dynasty Leaguers, we know. Like, metric snobs, we get DJ Moore. I, I really don't think that the Carolina Panthers get him. So for that reason, I think he might get traded. All the more reason to stash Terrace Marshall in deep leagues. Don't forget to stash Odell Beckham. You can still stash Jamison Williams. He could surprise everybody and come back before you're ready for him to come back, just like uh, Gus Edwards. Like, wait, 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 what? He's back? Tyquan Thornton, still stashable. It's still it's very possible that Mac... Oh, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. It was a very difficult... I mean, this Mac Jones situation. I don't really want to get... I'm going to get into this with Ian Harditz, but... Uh, they fell for the whole Jeremy Lin corollary, right? The Jeremy Lin effect was in full effect in Foxborough last night. Oh, my God. Did Bill Belichick get fooled? Mac Jones is better than Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi's not bad. It's nice to have a good backup quarterback. But my daughter diagnosed this. She's like, what are they doing? Like, isn't he a late-round pick? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, didn't he just get lucky? And I was like, uh, mostly. But, you know. I mean, he underthrew the, the 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 touchdown, and then Jacoby Myers had to come back for it, and he did he did he did complete the pass. It's difficult conditions. He was you know, probably rushed back from a high ankle sprain. He's not himself, but he's he's trying right because he's a leader. He's Mac Jones, right? He went to Alabama. He didn't go to Western Kentucky. She's like Western Kentucky, ew. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, the level of competition is just not the same, right? 
So, uh, yeah, my daughter didn't fall for it, but uh, Bill Belichick did. And it's difficult conditions for the receivers, so I I, I wouldn't uh, you know just completely give up on Tyquan Thornton. I think Tyquan Thornton is going to have some boom weeks. It's very possible we look up and there's more boom weeks from now to the end of the season, especially if Mac Jones can get right for Tyquan Thornton than Paris Campbell, for example. And that Khalif Raymond has more than all of them, right? Tight end streamers, Greg Dulcich again, right? Back to Dulcich as a number one streamer, Harrison Bryant and Foster Moreau. I have a I have a, a sinking feeling Waller's going to miss another game. This seems like a multi-week hamstring injury for Waller. So I'm going to go back to Moreau. Athleticism in a prolific pass attack offense when they don't want to run Josh Jacobs 17,000 times. Typically, you're going to want pass catchers in the Raiders offense in comeback mode with Derek Carr. It's just that the AFC West is not playing out the way we, we hoped. Let's just say that. So it's it's a lot more games get stuck in the mud in the AFC West than we were expecting. So the, the upside is not quite what it was, but I think that Mar- Mar- Foster Moreau, very, very interesting streamer any given week that Darren Waller is out, but not more interesting than Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant Moving into that David Njoku role, Harrison Bryant has athleticism. Anytime you have athleticism and you inject that athleticism into a prominent role, I'm going to be a fan. You could set your watch by that. So Dulcich, if he's gone, go Bryant. Streamers, Daniel Jones, he is uh, second in the league. Number two among quarterbacks in rushing yards. It's crazy. He had a 100-yard game. That's why. That's what you get when you are coached by someone who has experience with the Konami quarterback, the benefits of the Konami quarterback. The one thing that Brian Dayball brings to the table, I'm not saying that he calls better plays than the next guy, I have no idea, but there's clearly an emphasis on getting the quarterback moving, and that's smart, and it's great for fantasy if you have Daniel Jones. So he's, uh, again, you're going right back to Dulcich, this week, go right back to Daniel Jones this week, go right back to Justin Fields, go right back to Marcus Mariota. It's like, it's the Konami code, man. You got, y'all trying to get me in on, like, Matt Ryan. No, I'm not falling for it. No, I can't believe it. It's like, no, I want quarterbacks that can rush for 60 yards, which is a touchdown and a half. It's a passing touchdown and a half. You keep playing Justin Fields and just enjoying the 17-plus fantasy points a game. He has a great floor, and he has ceiling performances when he's not facing one of these smothering defenses. Another smothering defense this week in Dallas. So Konami, Konami, Konami at the quarterback position. That's it. Good news if you're in Maryland, FanDuel is offering a pre-live bonus. If you sign up now, click the link in the show description, sign up now and get an additional $100 deposit bonus. Courtesy of FanDuel, they are first to act in Maryland. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all. I'm going to try to sound out what a guitar sounds like with my voice, and it's going to be awful. And anyone that hears it for the first time, like, their face goes like this. In utter disbelief that anyone would listen. One of my favorite bands. I can't believe we're doing this. We're not doing this. We're not. This is bad. This is bad radio. This is bad stream. This is bad everything right if you've done it congratulations I, I did it i still can't believe i did it i still can't believe it. so let's uh we should do we should we should go we'll go live on uh on tiktok here to give them the behind the scenes view see you all on on uh on uh, youtube audience the podcast audience they get the 
the microphone version. They get the the, the great audio quality. The TikTok audience, they, they just get the behind the scenes. They, they, they get the, the phone audio quality. Not as good. I have a little microphone, but it's still not as good. It's nothing like this. I mean, this microphone. Oh, my God, this microphone. The, the quality of this mic. I mean, you can't compare. The little teeny microphone you put on the phone doesn't compare to this microphone. This this is a this is a badass microphone. This is bad. This is bad radio. This is bad stream. This is bad everything.